Welcome to the Daily Bite. I'm your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. After one vision in chapter 7, Daniel has a second vision in chapter 8. In the third year of the reign of King Belshazzar, a vision appeared to me, Daniel, after that which appeared to me at the first. And I saw in the vision, and when I saw, I was in Susa, the citadel, which is in the province of Elam. And I saw in the vision, and I was at the Ulai Canal. I raised my eyes and saw, and behold, a ram standing on the bank of the canal. It had two horns, and both horns were high, but one was higher than the other. And the higher one came up last. I saw the ram charging westward and northward and southward. No beast could stand before him, and there was no one who could rescue from his power. He did as he pleased and became great. As I was considering, behold, a male goat came from the west across the face of the whole earth without touching the ground. And the goat had a conspicuous horn between his eyes. He came to the ram with the two horns, which I had seen standing on the bank of the canal, and he ran at him in his powerful wrath. I saw him come close to the ram, and he was enraged against him, and struck the ram, and broke his two horns, and the ram had no power to stand before him, but he cast him down to the ground and trampled on him, and there was no one who could rescue the ram from his power. Then the goat became exceedingly great, but when he was strong, the great horn was broken, and instead of it there came up four conspicuous horns toward the four winds of heaven. Out of one of them came a little horn, which grew exceedingly great towards the south, toward the east, and toward the gl glorious land. It grew great even to the host of heaven, and some of the host and some of the stars it threw down to the ground and trampled on them. It became great even as great as the prince of the host, and the regular burnt offering was taken away from him, and the place of his sanctuary was overthrown. And a host will be given over to it together with a regular burnt offering because of transgression, and it will throw truth to the ground, and it will act and prosper. Then I heard a holy one speaking, and another holy one said to the one who spoke, For how long is the vision concerning the regular burnt offering, the transgression that makes desolate, and the giving over of the sanctuary and host to be trampled underfoot? And he said to me, for twenty-three hundred evenings and mornings. Then the sanctuary shall be restored to its rightful state. When I, Daniel, had seen the vision, I sought to understand it, and behold, there stood before me one having the appearance of a man. And I heard a man's voice between the banks of the Ulai, and it called, Gabriel, make this man understand the vision. So he came near where I stood, and when he came I was frightened and fell on my face. But he said to me, Understand, O son of man, that the vision is for the time of the end. And when he had spoken to me, I fell into a deep sleep with my face to the ground. But he touched me and made me stand up. He said, Behold, I will make known to you what shall be at the latter end of the indignation, for it refers to the appointed time of the end. As for the ram that you saw with the two horns, these are the kings of Medea and Persia, and the goat is the king of Greece. And the great horn between his eyes is the first king. As for the horn that was broken, in place of which four others arose, four kingdoms shall arise from his nation, but not with his power. And at the latter end of their kingdom, when the transgressors have reached their limit, a king of bold face, one who understands riddles, shall arise. His power shall be great, but not by his own power, and he shall cause fearful destruction, and shall succeed in what he does, and destroy mighty men and the people who are the saints." By his cunning he shall make deceit prosper under his hand, and in his own mind he shall become great. Without warning he shall destroy many, and he shall even rise up against the prince of princes, 
and shall be broken, but by no human hand. The vision of the evenings and mornings that has been told is true, but seal up the vision, for it refers to many days from now. And I, Daniel, was overcome and lay sick for some days. Then I rose and went about the king's business, but I was appalled by the vision and did not understand it. This is the word of the Lord. So Daniel's second vision occurs in the third year of King Belshazzar, so roughly 551 B.C. This is noteworthy to say here that the text is back in Hebrew. After our time of chapter 2 through 7 being in Aramaic, we're back to Hebrew, which is the primary language of the Old Testament scriptures. Aramaic just gets a couple of small sections, but other than that, Hebrew is the, the text. So we're back to that for the rest of the book. He has another vision. Um, he does not mention whether he's sleeping for this vision or not, but he has this vision. And in the vision, he is in Susa, which we've seen uh, elsewhere in Scripture as a prominent place for the, the Babylonian kings to spend their winter months. And so here he is in what will become the capital of Persia later on. It's 200 miles east of Babylon, and he is in the He's at the Ulai Canal, so a waterway that's right there at Susa. And he sees his vision from there. And again, as we did with chapter 7 yesterday with this vision, we're going to skip ahead to the interpretation in order to just help us understand better what's going on here. So that skips us to verse 15. As he seeks to understand it, there's one standing before him with the appearance of a man, and he hears a man's voice calling out to Gabriel. Gabriel then would be the one having the appearance of a man, probably from verse 15, that's standing before him. So he's standing before him. He's God's messenger to speak to him, which means verse 16's man's voice could very well be the sound of God himself giving the instruction to his angel Gabriel to speak to Daniel. Now, Having Gabriel show up in the text is a great time to just pause and ask your children about Gabriel. Where else in Scripture do we see the angel Gabriel act? Well, that would be Luke chapter 1, verse 19, where he speaks to Zechariah about the birth of a son to him and his wife uh, by the name of John. And then again, in the same chapter, Luke 1, starting at verse 26, we see Gabriel is the one who visits Mary to inform her that she will be with child carrying the Savior of the world, Jesus. So, Gabriel is here in Daniel's chapter 8 and 9, and then in chapter 1 of Luke, and that's it. Right, he's one of the two angels we know by name, the other one being Michael. I didn't even look. Um, we know Michael at least from, from the epistle of Jude. Do we know Michael the archangel from anywhere else? Might be worth looking into. Anyway, those are the only two angels we know by name from God's word. So he sees Gabriel and he's terrified. He falls on his face. That could be a posture of worship. We don't see Gabriel respond to him in that way like the angels do in the book of Revelation as they speak to John. So we don't need to take it that way, but he's terrified and he's hiding. But the angel, Gabriel, tells him this vision is for the end of time, the time of the end. That's going to be an interesting referent as we try to see what this text is about. The end of what? Anyway, so he's in a deep sleep, but Gabriel touches him, makes him stand up, and he starts to describe for him what this vision is a vision of. So you've got the 
the ram at the start, who is the two kings of Media and Persia. So that's the, the current kingdom and the previous kingdom, and they will be destroyed by the king of Greece. So the Gabriel's getting more specific with the answers here in chapter 8 than God got in chapter 7 with the, the interpretation of that vision. So the, the first horn, like the great horn between the eyes, is Alexander the Great. All right, the first king of this Greco empire would be King Alexander. So that one we can place. When he falls, four kingdoms shall arise out of this. And at this point, the study Bible doesn't mind actually getting quite specific about what these things are. It says Greece, Asia Minor, Syria, and Egypt are these four kingdoms that, that come out of Greece when Alexander fell. It then says that the, um, the idea that transgressors have reached their limit would be the battling, like the inter-battle of the various generals of Alexander vying for power over his, his throne. One will arise out of that, and he shall be great. Um, again, the Lutheran Study Bible here doesn't mind saying this is Antiochus the Fourth. He referred to himself as Epiphanes, which means God manifest. So, a little bit of pride there, just a bit. Pagan worship um, was instituted under his reign in the temple in Jerusalem to Zeus, one of the well, I guess you'd say that the chief Greek god. Antiochus will die in 164 BC. Um, the account of that suggests that he had lost his mind. So this would be the idea that he... Well, I'm skipping ahead. He shall be broken, but by no human hand. That's verse 25, so that God strikes him down. But the other details in between that he rises to greatness not by his own power would suggest, again, as Daniel 4 and Daniel 5 have, that this is God's doing to raise him up, which is interesting because he's destroying mighty men and the saints, and he's opposing the prince of princes, which ESV has prince capitalized there to tell us it's Jesus. So this one will harm God's people and even oppose God himself. Of course, we've been seeing this. The vision shall be sealed up because it will occur many days from now. All right, so let's double back. I think there's more that we might be able to draw out of this. Let's double back to the start here of the vision. And we, he sees the ram charging in every direction, basically. Not eastward, but it's because this government is from the east. So charging all over the world, conquering as much as they can. No one could stop them did as he pleased, became great. So these empires were growing in size substantially. But then a male goat came from the west, so Greece, Alexander, coming out of the west, without touching the ground, might be a reference just to the swiftness at which he moved. Alexander conquered a, a vast kingdom, far beyond probably what he had the ability to maintain himself. He had a conspicuous horn between his eyes, um, children will probably seek to call this a unigoat because they do that with everything these days. You stick a horn on an animal and you call it a unikitty. Anyway, um, yes, I have daughters. That's the picture we get here. There is a horn between his eyes, just like there would be on a, a unicorn, um, the mythical beast that they are. 
And so he, the goat, Alexander, charges, he defeats, destroys Persia and Medea, he breaks them down, he tramples them underfoot, no one can stop him from doing it. He becomes great, he is strong, but eventually broken. And four horns towards the four heavens arise. Now out of these, so that was what the angel referred to in verse 22 in the study Bible called Greece, Asia Minor, Syria, and Egypt. Out of these comes a little horn which grows great towards the south, towards the east. This, at this point, the glorious land is a reference to the, the original promised land, the original nation of Israel, which has been defeated, but where the temple stands. So because we have we've moved from Susa and the Ulai Canal, in a sense, here. We have recentered ourselves on the map because this goat came from the west. And the seat of Alexander's power was to the west. Now, that's not to say that Ulai is not still relevant, because again, you see it there uh, mentioned in verse 16. But as we look at the text here, I know the Lutheran Study Bible is okay saying Antiochus IV. There's an interesting perspective there, as you can see, historical patterns, and that's fine. But as prophecy often does, there's often an early fulfillment and a later greater fulfillment. Typically, Old Testament prophecies like that, we're thinking about Jesus being the greater fulfillment. But in this one, the, the enemy of Christ may be the greater fulfillment of this prophecy. Because, I mean, take a look. He, he grew great even to the host of heaven. That would be a reference to the angels. So even the angels see this one as great. Some of the host and some of the stars it threw down to the ground and trampled on them. Stars is often a reference to angels. Um, just, I mean, you look at Revelation, you'll see the same thing. A third of the stars of heaven are cast down in the devil's rebellion. So your question for your children is here. What earthly ruler, what king on earth can strike angels and trample them down and even oppose the prince, Jesus? This isn't any regular king, is it? We might want to instead lump this king in together with the Antichrist or the man of lawlessness sorts of conversations coming out of the latter parts of the New Testament. This king strikingly sounds like Satan, the devil, as he will seek to oppose Jesus, seek to destroy even the angels, and actually have the authority, the power to do so. Whereas no earthly king has the authority to strike an angel, at least not in any way that we are aware of, that the Lord has made known to us. And so the host will be given over to it together with the regular burnt offering because of transgression. So this is a reference uh, with the Lutheran Study Bible to Antiochus IV coming into the temple, setting up the defiling of the temple by placing the worship of Zeus there. So this uh, transgression then is the, the false pagan worship. The regular burnt offering, instead of being offered to God, is being offered to the idol that is Zeus. So you can see that there. But again, the the picture in the, the New Testament of the, the truth here being thrown to the ground. I mean, 2 John chapter 1, verse 7. 
Many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh. Such a one is the deceiver and the Antichrist. Again, the, the language can be fitting here. Verse 13, two holy ones speak, so two angels speak. One says, for how long is the vision? How long is all this going to occur? That mirrors in Revelation chapter 6, verses 9 and 10, the martyrs under the throne crying out to the Lord, how long until their blood is avenged? The second angel, or I guess it was technically the first angel, the second one asked the question. The first angel responded, 2,300 evenings and mornings. So we talked about that three and a half number, time, times, and a half a time yesterday. Now we have 2,300 evenings and mornings. The three and a half number yesterday we looked at as being not seven, like seven being the perfect number of God and all holiness. 2,300 evenings and mornings, 2,300 days would be not quite six and a half years. Six in the book of Revelation is the number of unholiness. So seven is holiness for God. Uh, six is unholiness. So you get the 666 number. Many people are familiar with the mark of the beast, though m many people don't really know what that means. But regardless, 666 is the unholy trinity, whereas 777, which the number seven is all through Revelation. Again, the holy, the holy number. So evil, again, but it's a shorter time, right? It is not the fullness of time, just as we said yesterday, that this vision is taking place in, that God will restore things. The Lord will set his temple up again. I think that's all we've got on this. Daniel's appalled by it, verse 27. He doesn't understand it, even with the interpretation being given directly to him by the angel Gabriel. So it's okay if we don't understand. Cling, as we talked about before, Cling to the purpose of the book. God reigns. He will deliver you from evil. He will do so in Jesus. And once again, we see all of that here. The Lord will restore his sanctuary to its rightful state. And he has done that in his beloved son. And he will do that in you. As you are the temple of the living God. As he has placed his son in you. He has given you faith. And he will raise you on the last day. No matter what evil may have done to your body and your soul in this place, the Lord will save you. He will raise you. He will give you life.